big step in the process I work with people is accept the reality. It's acceptance of exactly who you are and love every ounce of it. And don't try to be something that you're not because you are. And you can't change that. It's about loving every ounce. But when you're not loving every ounce and accepting who you are or accepting the reality that you've created, you suffer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Awaken Your Relationships. I am Julie Murphy, and I have spent over 25 years being a financial planner, knowing that we either work things out or we act it out through our money, through our health, or through our relationships. This is why Reed and I chit-chat every week, because our relationships, <laughs> they're doozy. But get on camera and talk to each other, because we work out each other's problems on camera. So if you want, <laughs> if you want to see what you know, five hundred dollar coaching sessions cost that for both of us. You know what I mean? Because we coach so each other. People just need to watch these videos. You know, <laughs> powerful healing is happening on these calls. Powerful healing for us and for, for sure. everybody who watches them. Because you know. <laughs> There's something, when I became a massage therapist at this great little hippie school in Chicago, it was awesome. You know, she was like a high priestess in Kabbalah <laughs> and she did acting. I mean, it, she was Chinese medicine. It was great. That's awesome. And, um, you know, you just, you learn that you need to center and relax mm. always and let yourself just calm down and learn the lessons you need to learn right and experience the things everybody needs to experience and when you do that life goes very well well because when you're calming your nervous system you're in a state of neutrality yes now why do you like the word neutrality i think our entire system whether it's educational system financial system religion systems all about pushing towards this ideal and we don't relax into life in the present moment because we're always pushing and striving for the next and in that process whether you're doing it in a so-called healthy manner or a reactive manner it's all in a manner of where your nervous system is hijacked and you know, whether it's anxiety, you know, it's interesting because I would have never recognized myself years ago to be a person that had anxiety. But what I've come to realize is that my anxiety just came out in a different way. You know, one of the things that you've taught me is that, you know, we all, we have those stress coping mechanisms, right? You know, controlling and training others, people pleasing, um, you know, you shared them all with us. And we're we're not in a new piece of new in a state of neutrality if we don't get there you know i just had another client yesterday say to me well i want to get to five million dollars and then my life's gonna work out and i'm like nope you know i just wrote in my new book um which i just finished completely um the... i'm so proud of you thank nice you <laughs> the fourth yeah, the four spiritual laws of money. And I wrote in there, it's about embodying real wealth. 
And real wealth, in my opinion, is when you're in that state of neutrality where you are content with whatever stage or whatever point you are in life, you're, you're good, like you're happy. And that there's not something to strive to, there's not something to get to, to finally get to this place. Because that place never arise, arrives, ever. I meet multi-multi-millionaires and they will tell you they have the money and it's not what it's cracked up to be because they have regrets that they wish they didn't work more, that they would have spent more time with family, that they would have, you know, anyone who's building it. And it's not that money doesn't give you choices and it's not that it doesn't, but if you're always pushing and striving, there's, you're not in neutrality. You're not grounded. You're not, you're push, 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 and you're not enjoying the present moment. And I, I started to realize that that was the major gift I got from my childhood. We had no money. There was 11 children besides myself. So there was a dozen, 14 people living in a two bedroom or three bedroom split level, right? We didn't wow. have anything. Wow. We didn't have anything, but we had everything. And we had everything because every day we just made the best of it. I didn't, I didn't know I was lacking anything. It wasn't until I went away to college and I found that the world had more stuff and more things to strive for. And I was like, and I got on that train. It was about like, well, what can you get? What can you, you know, and I found out ways on how to do that. I'm a, I'm a master manifester. And, but it's, it's about like, are you happy today? Like, enjoying like when that child's born, enjoying when you're stuck at home in a snowstorm because everything shut down, enjoying the fact that you got locked in your house under quarantine for a pandemic. I had a blast with my kids during that. But how many people were? I don't, I don't think many people were. I think many people like just like blew up. I, I took it as an adventure. And I realized my childhood taught me that. And I realized that we found contentment no matter what. And it's not that we didn't have goals. It's not that we didn't strive. It's not that we didn't, you know, but that wasn't, that was secondary to being happy today. And when you're not in neutrality, you can't do that because you're pulling yourself out of the present moment when you're not in neutrality. So how did your trauma impact that worldview? You know, it's when I started to go to an external referral system than an internal. Then I tried to look for validation outside of myself. It's when I started to think, you know, it's really funny. Um, I'd really pushed to get the hell out of where I grew up. Really pushed. And it wasn't as bad as I thought, right? It was just that. I wanted to explore. I wanted to, but in that process, I made something wrong and it wasn't wrong. I'll never forget when the Chicago White Sox won the World Series back in 2005. And I was at the game where they hung the banner, you know, because it had been so long before the Chicago White Sox had won the World Series. When they hung that banner, I had this deep sense of pride, a deep, like it just, hit my core like I can't even explain because it was the first time I ever felt in my life that I was proud to be a South Sider because 
even in the city of Chicago, like if you're from the South side, you're like on a different planet. You're like, you're not as good oh, as the North. So you were kind of, yeah, you were kind of dirt underneath people's feet. Right. Right. Yeah. And I grew up and on I the wrong up. side of the tracks. I, I had people tell me when I got into my business that, oh, if you live south of I-55, that's like a time warp. Those people are a little different down there. And I just didn't even tell this guy. I was like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Didn't even tell him that I was from the south side. You know, so I, that's the, I think my trauma, then all these situations I had then reinforced that the version that I was, because that's just not accepting the version of who I am, right? Because a big step in the process I work with people is accept the reality. It's acceptance of exactly who you are and love every ounce of it. And don't try to be something that you're not because you are. And you can't change that. It's about loving every ounce. But when you're not loving every ounce and accepting who you are or accepting the reality that you've created, you suffer. A lot of people don't have the courage. You know, they don't have the courage to break out of that suffering cycle. And it's not, it, it's not that they can't. It's that, you know, if you don't know what's in front of you, you know how to manage, you know, stress. You know how to manage the ups and downs. What you don't know is what will happen when everything falls apart. So people stay in their suffering cycle for a very long time because their body is literally compelling them to stay where they're at because they don't have enough support either from themselves or from other people right. to work through it. Right. So, you know, they come up against a wall and the busier we are and the more distracted we are, I mean, we are in some way victims to our society and our environment, right, you know, right. but every, every human being has been and their, their place in this world is to work through those natural rapids that life brings you and learn how to stay stable so that you can get to the other side of it and you can contribute to the world. So anyone's, challenge or the things which are victimizing them are actually their greatest the gift that will transform them but they have to choose to not be a victim any longer right well like, like as an example yeah, i tell my kids like not, yeah if you don't know how to not well so this is what i tell my children it's so easy in what's going on in the world right now to be victim of picket masks vaccines closures, riots, like pick the victim you want to be, right? There's definitely a menu of choice of what you want to be a victim of today. But I would argue there's a whole other part of the menu that people aren't even looking at. Oh yeah, they're like, missing half of life. I, I, I keep telling my children when I hear the words coming out of their mouth of being a victim of whether they're kicked out of school or whatever, I go, well, there's more menu items than that. And my one daughter was like, well, what do you mean, mom? And I go, well, mom gets to work from home because you're working for school in the kitchen. And we have an app called Uber Eats and we can get anything we want. And she's like, oh, really? Anything? Yeah, do you remember what it was like she when we like, were kids? 
And, you know, <laughs> stuff like that was just amazing. You mean we're going to order a pizza? This is amazing. You mean we're going to go out? This is like you were living nirvana, you know, being right. able to work at home and do what you want. Freedom is the real wealth. Yes. I just literally, how, how did you know? I literally just wrote this down. That because real I'm wealth, psychic. Yeah, right. Um, freedom, uh, you know, is the key component. It's, it's this unbelievable, profound sense of freedom in embodying real wealth and real wealth in terms of, um, so for an example, like I started to notice where, where financially do we not have freedom? Take a guess in our relationship where, with money. Okay. Where do I not have freedom? Uh, in my fear of not having enough. Right. And so then we reinforce that fear by then creating credit card debt accounts or mortgages or car loans or student loans or whatever. Debt reinforces the fear of not having enough because it creates a cyclical cycle of never having enough because you're right. trapped and it in the proves debt to us and we, and we do it because in some way it proves to us that we do have enough. If I'm Correct. able to spend $50,000 in credit card debt, it means that I have enough and I'm okay. Right. Yeah, well, you're bullshitting yourself, right? Yeah, of course. When it's you're a total really, lie. Yeah. Right. When you're really victimizing yourself to, yep. to money, if you will. And mm -hmm. so if you look at a person, the day they pay off their student loans, the day they pay off their house, the day they pay off their credit cards and they don't roll a balance, whatever the debt is or their car, there is this profound sense of freedom that comes over people. And there's the smile, you cannot wash that smile off their face. And that's what I'm finding. You know, I was just, because, you know, I'm a healer type, which means they didn't teach us about money. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm working through, you know, getting really good, solid, good money habits. In fact, I'm just about to move to uh, trying to put 50% of every dollar that comes in into a separate account right away. So right. I'm working on right. that. You know, and, and so I know what that feels like as I'm paying down my debt, you know, it's a weight that's lifted. And in life, we're always carrying these unconscious worries that weigh us down and, and we can barely get off the ground. Those days, all you can do is stare at the wall. Right. You know, right. that's that depression. You know, we're always carrying that. And when you start to resolve them, like you pay off a credit card, like you get the divorce, mm -hmm. you know, we sit there and think, like with marriage, you know, there's a part of us that's been convinced that, well, marriage is just a name. It's just a term. It's just what happens. It doesn't mean anything. But in reality, marriage has a huge weight on us. And if we have, if we don't have our relationships straight, it's literally keeping us from being successful in any area of our life. Right. Right. Because and it's a weight that's killing us. And we recreate it. So this is where it ties into what you teach, why we work things out and act it out through our money, through our health and our relationships is that when you pay off that credit card debt, your muscle memory is used to actually having the debt. So it's uncomfortable on some level to actually not have debt until you can build a cellular structure of abundance. Of and the same not, thing is true for the body. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the body yeah. is saying it, whether it's financially or in a relationship, mm -hmm. it's doing the exact same thing on a cellular level. Well, and I wrote this down yesterday and I, and I'd like to share this because it says who you become 
changes the world. It's not what you do that changes the world. It's who you become. Right. And, and it's the firing and the marriages and the big things, that's how we become. Right. And and I will say that um, as you were talking about the the marriage stuff, what kept coming to me is that I've come to learn that we have considered like staircases, if you will. We have staircases of life. So you can think of them in 15 and 20 year sleeves, if you will, or staircases. And you can evolve to the next staircase with the person that you're in in relationship or in a employer employee relationship, but you are going to shift and you are going to evolve. You know, people start dying when they stay in the same job that no longer feeds their soul anymore. People start dying when they stay in a marriage that no longer feeds their soul anymore. And so you're continuing to expand and grow in these 15 and 20 year cycles. And we've made it so that it's not okay to leave the marriage and evolve to the next place if it's not happening in your current. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of blame. There's a lot of guilt, a lot of judgment. No different than I always say in your money world, you have to remove all the shame, blame, guilt, and judgment around your money situation or else you can't evolve to the next place. And our relationships are no different. Do you remember Catholic grandmas that you couldn't tell that you were getting divorced? Oh my you know, God. Be, yeah, because the whole world or what was wrong up. with me that I didn't get married by the time I was 29. Right. Like right. there was all this guilt shit about me. Right. My dad, my dad would say, Julie, what's wrong with you? Your younger brothers are getting married. I was like, it's like the movie, my big fat Greek wedding, you know, <laughs> you know, where the dad's like, what is wrong with you? You're becoming an old lady. You know, like my dad didn't say exactly that to me, but my, but there was like, and then all of a sudden then I get in relationship and I get married and then I'm like, wow, I, I negotiated myself away on so many levels because I, I, was, I thought there's something wrong that I just didn't keep being my fabulous self. So you did know? you ever get mad at your family because you felt pushed and maybe you felt like you had, you know, been pushed into a bad relationship that you, you know, I know that would have been no. the old you, but. No, I never got mad at him. I, I, to me, it was just, um, it was part of the process. You know, it was funny. Um, then I was cranking out all the kids, right? And it's like, that's what we do. And then I got really clear going. God, even having all the kids and birthing all these kids, there was still this emptiness in me because it's like becoming what was everybody else's reality because you know we come from a family that births a lot of babies. I still had this emptiness. It's no different than when people build up all this money and then they have a few million dollars and they have this emptiness. So for me, it was, I got into the marriage and I had all the babies and I'm still going, I didn't have real wealth because I wasn't free to be me in that whole scenario. And one of the things I have absolutely loved about divorce is the best babysitter is your ex-husband because you get to go fly around the world when you're off for five days. Like, I know that sounds absolutely terrible, but it's like when people pay off debt, they have this freedom. And I found this freedom and excitement and it was funny how I was judged 
for like, oh, well, mom doesn't love me anymore because she travels when we're at dad's house. Even my daughter said to me one time, well, your life's just great, mom, but we have to still keep, you know, going between two houses. And I was just like, hey, I'm creating my life. What would you like to create in yours? And so I helped her start to create a life that she loved because regardless of having a divorce, like people are like, like if I told all of you the details of my divorce, you'd be like, I cannot believe you're not like decrepit laying in your freaking bed. Rita knows the whole story, but I, I'm certainly not going to talk about it because I don't want to bring in my present moment. But I just focused on creating what I wanted to create in this profound sense of freedom. And I found that by like, and then it was funny, then we're challenged by a pandemic. And it's like, hotels are closed, airplanes don't go on. I didn't care. I freaking jet setted more than I ever have during the pandemic because airlines were cheap, hotels were cheap, and no one was doing it. And I was. <laughs> I was working from wherever. I, I, yeah. I became almost executive pro-platinum with American Airlines. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've been coaching women for a long time. And um, one of the things, you know, all sorts of weird, creepy little things happen too. Like I'll record meditations and then they'll say right. stuff like, um, oh, I fall asleep to your voice. You know, that's a little weird. But, you know, I did do the sleep meditation. So, okay, totally on me. You know, or, or husbands will say things like, oh, you smell like Rita, you know, because they'll be relaxed, you know, they'll be in a good mood. The they'll be happy. The yes, <laughs> yes. And he'll probably get laid tonight, you know, because she's in a good mood. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's this whole association. So, I mean, creepy little things like, oh, yeah, my husband said, oh, you smell like Rita. And he got all excited. You know, okay, that's weird. But all right. Okay, but so listen, you... can, can I share, can I share a little bit more detail with that with people? Yeah, yeah. So Rita, you said to me early on, you're like, all right, well, a bunch of your healing can come from having sex. And I'm like, I was raised Irish Catholic, right? Like, I was like, me too. Me too. I, mean, I don't really know if I want to have that conversation because that was like a taboo conversation. Like, I remember you saying that to me and I was going, yeah, okay. And then one day it hit me. I've never shared this with you. One day it hit me like a ton of bricks. Literally, I got <laughs> it was like the week after my honeymoon, I came home and I was like, like, hey, this is fabulous. You know, there's that whole saying like, um, well, the bride is happy when she's walking up the aisle because she knows that's the last blowjob she's ever going to have to give because she's now bought the ranch. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I sat there and I remember people saying that to me before I got married and I was like, okay and i'm like going to me from a sex like perspective just let it grow let it be fun let it you know whatever and i remember right after my honeymoon i was just like hey let's go to that like lingerie store you know because now it was like safe i'm married like let's go explore that because i was irish catholic and i was so conservative i was like let's go to the lingerie let's go to lover's lane or whatever and he's like no and i was like no and he goes, yeah, you're my wife. So now you're like my Cinderella. You're not my play toy. And I was like, and I just sat there like going, is this what fucking marriage is? And I was like, hmm. Well, I can tell you after divorce, that fun girl came back out. You know, and what I'm saying is, is that 
this was another way that life clamped down. And it was perceptions of like my perception of, you know, back then of, yeah, you're supposed to be the arm candy and you're not supposed to like, you know, have a sexual life. You're just supposed to birth babies, you know? And I was just like, mm. and I remember you telling me after my divorce, like, girl, go find your healing through this. And then I'm reading like tantric sex books and all this other stuff. And I'm like, there's a whole new world out here. And I'm like, wow. And it's so funny because you can find healing in whatever way. But it was like, like my authentic self was shut down and I birthed four babies. I did what the world wanted me to do. I did everything I was supposed to do, right? And then you, it's kind of like people come to me for permission to live the life they want to live. Like you gave me permission like to physically heal through having sex. And it was like, woohoo! You know, it's just right. funny how we have to watch how our wiring like screws with us, right? right? And it happens through our money, through our health and through our relationships all the time. Right, and I tell people, you know, you don't, you can do the work and be miserable and fight with people or you can go to the spa and have an ice cream bar. You know, which would you rather do? I mean, you're perfectly fine. Go fight with people or learn how to nourish yourself, nourish your spirit, take good care of yourself, be kind to yourself so that you don't have to fight. So you've got the resources to solve the problems because they're just like, they're just like whitewater rapids. You know, you're going down the stream of life. You're going to have these rapids. Right try to stay present, try to keep your aura where it needs to be, try to keep your balance. And when you're on the other side, you're in a new, beautiful place and you appreciate it even more because you did it. You made it through the rapids. So divorce, losing jobs, you know, all of that stuff. There are opportunities for you to love yourself enough so that you can try to enjoy the experience instead of just keep getting re-traumatized. So I'm, I don't like a lot of healers because, you know, they like hurting people. And I'm like, no, have a piece of chocolate. Would you please stop beating yourself up already? Well, and it's like, I always tell people, like I have them set up these savings accounts that are their financial intentions. And it's about the same thing. It's about the nourishing piece. I call them rewards along the way. You know, because like rewards for good behavior, like you are getting yourself in order. You are fixing your financial stuff. So you know what? You have to enjoy the process because if you enjoy the process, you are actually going to quantum leap to more of where, what you want to manifest and what you want to get to. And that's that nourishing piece. You know, it's like, be kind to yourself. Like, why not? Like, why, why not? You don't up? have to go. You don't have to go the healing route of 20 years of therapy where you relive and re-experience every trauma that you had every time, you know, you got picked up late from school or whatever, or horrific things. You don't have to keep diving into that. Nobody wants to keep re-suffering. You, what you're supposed to do in those moments is love yourself enough that you finally give yourself the joy and the peace and the comfort that you deserved when the original problem happens. Right. It's an opportunity to, to love on yourself. When mm -hmm. I get upset, that means I need to put on the good smelling body wash. 
Right. You know, it doesn't mean that I need to stare at the ground. It means that I need to smell good things and and talk to a good friend and watch right. the squirrels for a while. Because as long as you're in that state of stress, you can't get anything else done. Everything else is going to be a lot of work. Right. Because, because you're dragging anchors behind you, you know, because right. you're trying to do the work while you're holding your breath right. at the same time. Right. It's just not possible. You have to take care and nourish yourself first, and then you have the ability to solve the problem. Right, exactly. And so end of story is about the fact that you have this entire huge menu to life in front of you and choose every ounce of it. Don't be default into something. Don't, you know, because life has a way of shifting you to what's for your highest and best, no matter what. You'll get laid off of that job and you can't tell me that you didn't get warning signs that you were supposed to leave that job way before that. Because there, right. the signs are all along the way. I always say one of the greatest gifts is that you're laid off from a job or fired because that means you're meant to go somewhere other direction. And for whatever reason, you didn't hear the messages before to be able to step into it but now you, you're, you've been put into it. No different mm -hmm. than I was put into my divorce. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't choose it on some level. I, I called in the crisis, a big crisis. And it's not that the warning signs weren't there along the way. I, I think back, somebody asked me, when was the first time you thought maybe you made a mistake marrying him? And it was before I had children. It was within the first six months of my marriage. And I knew it on a deep level, I knew it. But both of us negotiated ourselves away for another 15 years. And we're both happier now on the other side. And it's okay that we're both happier. Like, we didn't do anything wrong, we learned. We learned. Mm -hmm. we allow and and on some learn. level it was karmic. I mean, because there's so much in the universe that you can't control. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you can only control whether your genes are on or off. You can't right. control what genes you have. Totally. You you can't control totally. the parents you're born to mm -hmm. and the issues that they have right. in your early right. environment. You know, there's there's so much. You you couldn't control the fact that you know, that you and several family members were abused when you were right. children. That happened. You were helpless. And right. so, you know, we almost, we almost have, we only have the choice to either come to a place of acceptance or to be in a place of stress as to what's happening to us 99.9% .9 of the time. Totally. You yep. know, our relationships, the other person does not change until after we've changed. And then that change in the dynamic forces totally. them to change. Totally. Rita, you're amazing. Well, I love you too. Thank you. And um, you guys, you can go to awakenyourwealthbook.com, get my book for free, just pay for shipping. And Rita, how do they get a hold of you when they want to work on the relationship stuff? Um, RitaHickmanCoaching.com. And if you go to Facebook or YouTube and do a search, you'll find me. Um, sign up for my emails on my site because, um, and I'm going to be doing like mini workshops that are like $39 uh, for a two-hour workshop 
where awesome. we dial into different things. I was thinking of doing some healing work around money. So the workshops are actually, we do healings. You know, That's it's beautiful. a healing and a rewiring and a mm -hmm. um, and some information. So if, if people are interested, there are very affordable ways to start moving forward and get the information you need because it's repetition. You keep showing up, you keep listening to us, you keep thinking the same way, you keep right. moving forward. You yep. know, that's really the only way we change. And I will be starting group coaching. So you can um, coach with me um, once a week with a group of people. Um, just go to juliemurphy.com and get on my uh, email list and you will know when that registration occurs. Thanks awesome. everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.